the Doctor's darkest hour. He'll rise higher than ever before and then fall so much further. You all need to stay back. This is the day he finds out who I am. Hey, bye, bye, Grum. Demons run when a good man goes to war. Okay. Where are we? Where we've never, ever been. Night will fall and drown the sun. Look how cool this stuff is! When a good man goes to war, friendship dies and true love lies. Whatever happens now, you do not interfere. Fear me. I've killed hundreds of time lords. Fear me. I've killed all of them. Night will fall and the dark will rise when a good man goes to war. Demons run, count the cost. The battle's won, but the child is lost. I've been running my whole life. Now it's time for me to stop. I'm sorry. It's me. I'm Melody. I'm your daughter. little beauty. I've got mail. I've been looking for a word. Big, complicated word, but so sad. Bomb the tube directly into the tank yes. inverter. Yes, I have actually rebuilt the TARDIS before, you know. I know what I'm doing. You're like a nine-year-old trying to rebuild a motorbike in his bedroom. I found it now. Alive. I'm alive. You know, since we're talking with mouths, not really an opportunity that comes along very often, I just want to say, you know, you have never been very reliable. And you have. Alive isn't sad. It's sad when it's over. You didn't always tell me where I wanted to go. No, but I always took you where you needed to go. You did. I'll always be here. But this is when we talked. Look at us talking. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could always talk, even when you're stuck inside the box? And now even that has come to an end. There's something I didn't get to say to you. Hello, Doctor. It's so very, very nice to meet you. Hello and welcome to the podcast that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. It's Who Do You Think You Are, our Doctor Who retrospective here on Best From Ever. My name's Ethan. And my name's Ian. I was so tempted to screw that up just to make you do it again. Oh, no, no I, this is this is our second attempt. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a few weeks. Um, when this episode comes out, it would have been the episode after this that we should be doing, but we... We were in a bubble universe outside of a bubble universe. We just got a little bit, little bit caught up. Uh, completely my fault. I will, I will hold that to accountability. That's awfully nice. You don't have to do that. But yeah, you're 100 <laughs> right. It was your fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, but no, I just no, want, life don't get, we all just want forgiveness? Life gets in the way. I mean, yeah. come on. I mean, in the immediacy, I can be pretty frustrated in the moment. Sometimes <laughs> in stuff because I don't know. I really like. I really like to schedule things. I don't know what that is. Oh yeah, those uh, Saturdays I, I was just sitting there being like, oh god, I hate myself right now. <laughs> I do really like to schedule things, but in <laughs> hindsight, you also look back and you go like, real life gets in the way, and that's okay. <laughs> Jeez, I mean, we're, we're we're talking Doctor Who. We're not. We're not. <laughs> You know, we're not we're not frontline workers or anything like that. So nah. I think uh, I think hopefully if the people can forgive us, then, then surely yeah, we we can forgive ourselves. Yeah, uh, but we are here to talk about a, an episode that handles forgiveness. Uh, it talks about forgiveness a lot. Uh, the Doctor's Wife, episode four of series six. Um, an episode that I, I was surprised that we were doing so soon. I thought we we're going to cover some other series six, but there's so there's so much. And on the on the menu that is series six, I think this is one of the most important and um, 
perfect episodes, I think, to to capsulate Doctor Who for this for this series. I'm trying not to bury the the lead here, but yeah, yeah no, it's 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 fantastic. We we have Neil Gaiman writing uh, yeah. an episode, and a little little bit of context corner here, just because um, this is going to be a slightly different episode. Um, this was going to originally be series five, episode ten, which. If you know your episode numbers, that would be the Lodger, oh, really? Or series or episode eleven, one of the two. But it would have been this would have uh, replaced this would the have Lodger. Been, this would have been where the Lodger was, wow. but because of uh, contracting things, uh, it instead went to James Corden and got pushed to series six. Uh, originally written by Neil Gaiman, starting when Tennant was still the Doctor. Wow, he wrote this with Tennant in mind. And it went through uh, a, a couple different names before we got the doctor's wife. We had the house of nothing, which on reflection, I right. like yeah. ref- saying house instead. Uh, and also bigger on the inside, which that eh, might, not as nice. That might tip the hand a little bit too much. Yeah. yeah. I think the doctor's wife is just, just enough of a tease to sort of see where they were going with that. Certainly. Because I think it's meant to misdirect you towards the river song. Because it yeah. hasn't been that long since we had that... Um, since we had that bombshell kind of, oh, what's that river? Are you married? Yeah. Well, are, yeah. are you asking or are you? I'm not. Uh, so we, and this uh, is yeah. this is also the series the series where we get our river song revelation and also our, our river song marriage as well. Did you say revelation? Yes, that's fantastic. Not on purpose, but um, um, my, claim my stutter helped me out. Baby. Claim it, take it. <laughs> uh, but with that, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump straight in, and we we open Geronimo a, indeed. Geronimo, yeah, we open on a, a spooky green uh, junk planet, and we get to meet our sort of our three main characters of this world. We see Idris for her brief time. We see Uncle and Auntie, and uh, these are our little junk planet people. Uncle and Auntie looking a bit more. Uh, gross in the form than idris does uh so far and uh idris is gonna have something happen to her and uncle tells her that whatever it's gonna be it's gonna hurt her a lot and we get another rude this is our first no not our first dude but our uh the first ood for for smith i think uh i'd be inclined to say yes and it was yeah it was nice to see an ood again even if it was kind of mean-spirited yeah, and I think this is the uh, this is the first time that a new revival series monster has actually been credited. So the, in the credits, it says "Ood" created by Russell T Davies, and I think that's the first time that we get one of those uh, thanks to a to a new creation. I think I think you have to because of the previous oh, showrunner. Yeah. I think you're gonna have to mention. Yeah, we didn't we didn't come up with that. I I guess they must be you know the intellectual property of. Um, I mean, showrunner. Yeah, well, whenever like a Sontaran appears, they always say like um, to whoever credited it or when the Daleks, we see Derry Nation. There was an episode recently with Weeping Angels and in the credits it said um, credits and thanks to Stephen Moffat, creator of the Weeping Angels. So it's, oh, okay. it's, an, it's yeah, it's a nice thing. But uh, this Ood called Nephew puts Idris on a platform and we're told that uh, Idris's soul is going to be removed and devoured and replaced. And... We then cut straight to the TARDIS where the doctor's telling a, a fun old adventure and we have a warning light blinking and Amy's a little bit too distracted because a couple episodes ago, uh, she, Rory, uh, River, and uh, one of the characters from Supernatural, 
uh, watch the doctor die oh, as yeah. far as they were aware. And she's she's still thinking about uh, if she can change it, they can stop it. But before any more contemplation can happen, there's a knock at the TARDIS door. But that can't be because they're in deep space. And the doctor opens the door and we get a bright box flying around. And the doctor's excited because he's got mail. Yeah. And uh, we find out through uh, some very quick. Um, Exposition. Yeah, I always forget that word. We get some quick exposition that uh, this is a Time Lord emergency message system that could travel through time and space. And there's a living Time Lord outside of the universe. And it's from a, a, a Time Lord called the Corsair, who is a bad boy or bad girl, depending which uh, version it is. And this is our first reference, I think, to the idea that Time Lords can change gender as well. Yeah. Uh- yeah, I'll take your word for that. I, I, I think so. Yeah. There was one that said the end of time, but I, I can't I can't recall a single reference to. I, I think I appreciate it based on what will yeah. later happen with both the master and the doctor. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, we find out, you know, the Corsair is this uh, cheeky chappy who always has the same tattoo for every regeneration of a snake uh, eating itself. And the Corsair is one of the good ones. So they need to go outside of the universe. The Doctor burns up loads of TARDIS rooms to make enough energy to fly outside of the universe. And that's then our introduction to how they'll be able to escape later on in the episode. So goodbye to Squash Court 7, the, all the funny, goofy TARDIS rooms. And they land outside of the universe and the TARDIS's energy is drained. But it can't be. That's impossible, the Doctor says. The TARDIS's souls vanished, but where could it be? And it's gone inside Idris, who makes the iconic wheeze of the TARDIS and has like regeneration energy. And then we get our titles, which I think is obviously I think it's a really good setup for what's going on. We a little bit of uh, pathetic irony. Is that what I'm looking for? No. Dramatic irony. Dr- dramatic irony. Pathetic. Yeah, there we go. Pathetic. I'm thinking, yeah, pathetic, pathetic fallacies when the weather yeah. represents the mood. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, this could be a really groan worthy moment if the story doesn't pay it off. Mm. You could go, wait, that's hard. What? It, it, it could be <laughs> that. And I think my first inclination, uh, first time watching it, maybe even the second time, forgetting that it was. Uh, um, the quality of the episode momentarily yeah uh, it feels like it's like a, a lame oh give me a break <laughs> and um it feels like a jump the shark moment i know it, it, it kind of does wait 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 you're, you're turning the wait the tardis is a girl what <laughs> what kind of fan fiction is this <laughs> it's even that thing that i think amy says later was like did you wish really yeah, hard exactly right so. and i i it's it's such a, it's an interesting concept that i think for like Doctor Who fans who have always loved the 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 relationship between the Doctor and the TARDIS, and they read books. They're like, "Oh yeah, of course." But this is like for casual viewers. Like at this point, I didn't understand the intricacies of like the fourth Doctor and his TARDIS or the sixth Doctor and his. So it, it's a nice way to personify it for the audience. And to there, we we cut to the rest of the episode, and Team TARDIS open the door, and we see the the junk planet, and the Doctor subtly says he doesn't know by saying he doesn't know and it's a it's a scrapyard outside of a universe a soap bubble with another tiny soap bubble but it's nothing like that so forget that and uh the says that there's loads of rift energy here similar to cardiff 
in uh, the first series where there's rift energy uh, in Cardiff, but here because of obviously all the Tardises means that the Tardis will get to recharge. And uh, Idris shows up screaming at the doctor, saying that he's her thief. Goodbye. No, that's the other. What's the other one? Kisses him, and tenses are all difficult right now. And we just get introductions and and wackiness and this doesn't make sense and then it just bites the doctor because it's like kissing but there's a winner and i i really like i like this scene i hate writing it down for notes yeah i I hear you uh i thought discount helena bottom carter is fantastic that's who i was thinking of the entire episode i was like who is this reminding me of like they went just just dial it all the way up to to yeah. like Helena Bottom Carter at a ten, which which <laughs> that's more than a normal ten. If Helena Bottom even, Carter's even doing the it. hair as well. Oh, absolutely! I've, they they absolutely just went. Can we get her? No. Okay, <laughs> find someone who looks close to her and just make her look the same. <laughs> See, I've not seen this actress in in anything else. No. I, I look. Really I checked good. her IMDb. Uh, she's on like Coronation Street and. Uh, Mrs. Jones, I think it was called, or something like that. But it's uh, mainly like ITV afternoon dramas. I think. I think the success of this. I mean, I don't want to jump. I'm gonna talk about jumping the shark cheese, yeah. uh, or jumping, jumping ahead anyway. Uh, <laughs> I, I think the success of this episode it lives and dies with with, with her portrayal, and she oh, yeah. nails it. It's it's beautiful. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's really it's, in one episode. In one, yeah. we talk about those almost. You know, for, for 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 what we do, though those almost kind of companions, which I guess in this yeah. human form, the single episode companion kind of style thing. Oh, she's right up there. Oh yeah, especially because our introduction is so doolally, as Uncle says, uh, and it, it works because obviously time and space, it's rift energy, time energy, all of that insanity of not knowing what's the future, what's the past, and I, I appreciate that introduction because it. It's, it's really difficult to to portray that and it with with no reference before as well but uh yeah it, uh, uncle says that uh this is idris but she doesn't know who she is she just says she's i i don't know yet and the doctor isn't upset but he will be the little boxes will make him angry as she says and then she says yeah petrichor the smell of dust after rain um and if that's insane, it's because, the, of course it is. I, I struggled to type this because it's so insane, and, and she, I love it. And she tries to explain that it hasn't happened yet. Like I said, tenses yeah. are difficult. Yeah. And so she's kind of having all of time hit her at once, which if you're, I can't believe I'm saying this, which <laughs> if you are of a literal TARDIS itself <laughs> in the TARDIS, then that probably makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But if you have a TARDIS energy or spirit inside a human vessel, probably is very hard to to articulate. Uh, <laughs> I love how we're having a, a serious conversation yeah. about this and later on we're going to get into a really deep, like, complex about this. I love Doctor Who because of how yeah. stupid it is. But uh, we, we get Nephew again, but he can't talk with his Ood ball because it's broken. So the Doctor fixes it and Auntie says uh, that... Uh, house fixes everyone that he was found like this and uh the ball's fixed and we hear a lot of distress calls from other time lords calling for help calling the gallifrey high council they their tardis is broken and the doctor wants to know who else is here but auntie says it's just the four of them and house and um, house is eventually yeah. we get to the idea that house is the planet yeah yeah house is house is all around the world is house and 
auntie asks everyone if they'd like to meet house and amy knows something oh what i would have given for 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 a hugh laurie crossover right now i why couldn't he be so why couldn't he be the voice of house that would have been great I keep typing house and in my brain I'm 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 picturing like Martin Sheen just on the house poster now. <laughs> and uh, but Amy wants to know who the voices are, and the doctor says they're time lords and somewhere they're somewhere close by, and there are lots and lots of time lords. And Idris is still in prison now. She's struggling hard and she can't understand a, a specific word and why is it so sad or, or will be sad. And now it's time to meet House or the house, and he's under the platform where we first saw Idris. And this is where we find out from the doctor that house is a sentient asteroid. And auntie says, you know, they walk on his back and do his bidding because he can possess them, which is great. I'm just realizing Astrid is an anagram for TARDIS. Oh, my God. Are you not, were you not, were you not there yet? Wait, Astrid? Yeah. Like Astrid Path. A-S-T-R-I-D. T-A-R-D-I-S. It's the same letters, isn't it? Oh, my God. Yeah. Russell T. Davies, you beautiful bastard. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. Well, I, I, I saw you moving your fingers around. I was like, I, was I don't saying, know where I'm saying, going. I was going, surely that, that's that's an anagram. I'm not on my. I'm not on Google. <laughs> I'm just sitting here I going. Gotta, I'm going to have to check that afterwards. That's I, fantastic. I think hearing you say Astrid so many times must have made my brain go <laughs> all English teachery on me. And, uh, and, 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 and there we go. Yeah. And uh, we get to hear House played by Martin Sheen, who has been a front runner to be the doctor. Wait, shut up. This is. Oh, Martin Sheen. Wait, Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Uh, Good Omens. The Twilight movies. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I'm trying to remember. What Sheen am I thinking of? I think you're thinking of Martin Sheen. Wait, are we we just not saying the same thing over and over and over again? We got Martin and Michael Sheen. Oh, you you said Martin Sheen. Oh, sorry. That's I'm why, at Michael that, Sheen. That's why I'm, I'm think, so confused. I'm thinking of if you had a moral obligation to do something, you had to do something, right? Well, 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 Not goodness, responsibility. Well, it just so happens that we yeah. are covering literally, <laughs> uh, this is coming out on Saturday. On Tuesday, yeah. we are doing The Departed starring Martin Sheen. <laughs> so let's just say that. He's on our brains for that reason. Yeah. So this is Michael Sheen from Good Omens and the Twilight movies and staged and uh, Doctor Who theories, I guess, of everyone always saying uh, he's going to be the next Doctor. I still keep seeing bets say Michael Sheen will be the next Doctor, which hasn't been announced yet, but they're filming the 60th currently. Yeah. Which is crazy. Uh, and uh, he, he welcomes the travelers and the Doctor likens him to it to a sea urchin with a hard and hard shell but a squishy inside and the inside is like his his body and house tells him that many travelers have come through the rift and house repairs them all and but there's no more time lords the doctor says because he's the last time lord with the last tardis and house says that the other time lords were so kind and uh the doctor can be here for safety and then we get Auntie who says House loves you and touches Amy's face, but Auntie's hands aren't the same shape or size to what her body should be. I'm an idiot. I've been think I've been doing Astrid. It's just, it's 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 in, in what is it? Idris? Yeah, I thought you were thinking of Astrid yeah, no, from um, no, the, the Kylie Minogue episode. I just heard you, but still, <laughs> but still, Astrid is an anagram for TARDIS. So take that for how, how you will. 
Yeah. Oh, I thought I was so clever. I thought they were so clever. Oh, well, at 10, 10 episodes late to that one. They called their, they called their shot too early. If you'd saved the name Astrid, you could have had it for how great would have been if her name was Astrid. Oh, yeah. Just saying. I'm I want to call her Astrid down for the rest of the episode. Yeah. That. But no, we get we get the introductions of the patchwork people, and uh, Idris starts saying lines she doesn't know the reason for yet, but she screams and asks for her thief. Uh, she says the trying to build a bicycle with a nine year old uh, in your own front room or something, and one of the other ones I can't remember. And uh, I think she she says like uh, so it sounds American. Uh, this little gobbledygook, but it turned out, uh, I found out that this is her saying the only forest is the river, but backwards. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, the only water in the forest is the river. And um, Amy then accuses the doctor of the reason that he wants to stay here because he wants to be forgiven for the time war and what he did to the time Lords. And uh, she says, don't get emotional because that's when you make mistakes. But the doctor says that he needs a Sonic, but it's in the TARDIS. So he asks Amy to go get it and Rory stays there. And then he tells Rory to, to go get, go with her as well. So they're off on their own and they get to the TARDIS and the doctor locks the door so they can't interfere, interfere. So the doctor can now go search in peace and he can hear them, but it sends him to a tiny corner of a room with a vault and he opens the vault and it's full of the messenger boxes from Time Lord's begging for help mm-hmm. when you first watched this did you think you were gonna see any time lords oh, i don't know it's really hard to like to like unremember or to put myself back in a first watch place yeah. um i probably caught this out i uh, definitely out of sequence uh so yeah. i think i was aware of the importance of other episodes and therefore figured it was all gonna be a ruse all along I think I can't remember because I was like 10 or 11, I think, when this episode came out. But I think because of the Ood box, I wasn't expecting anything. Maybe the Corsair. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there's there's nothing here. And auntie and uncle show up behind him. And the doctor is he's broken because he says, you know, he thought he had some friends. And he asked how many time lords were Lord and what happened to them. And auntie says the, the same thing. And the doctor is the same thing of, oh, house was here and house was lovely. And the doctor's in a rage about it. And he says, you know, you you gave me hope and took it away from me. You have no idea how dangerous that makes me. And he just screams and rages saying that, you know, the patchwork people patched up how many times and he grabs auntie's arm and it has the Corsair's tattoo. And that's the last straw. And he screams at them, telling them to get out. And that I I don't know if that's our doctor speech of the episode, but that's definitely our. Nah, it's not the doctor speech. Nah. I, I know what the doctor speech of the episode is. This is this is our doctor uh, preamble. Yes. Uh, and then after that, Amy calls the doctor because he lied, and the doctor doesn't know how Idris knew about the boxes making him angry, so he immediately hangs up and runs to Idris and starts questioning her. But at the same time, the TARDIS is outside, starts having green Mysterio smoke swirl around it. Yeah, good shot. And and, uh, Idris says that they put her in here and introduces herself as the TARDIS. And she says that, you know, I I make that sound and makes the actual sound, which I obviously can't do because I'm not a special effects (laughs) machine. And uh, she tells him about the first time that they met and 
uh, what he said to her that she was the most beautiful thing he'd ever saw and he stole her and she stole him and it really is the TARDIS my TARDIS my doctor and now they've reached the point of the conversation she says where he opens the lock and he does so and she asks if all people are bigger on the inside and she nah, can't cool. yeah she can't figure out that word so big so sad Meanwhile, however, with this very nice introduction, House eats the TARDIS and the Doctor, re- uh, wait, no. Yeah, House begins to eat the TARDIS and sends it away. At the same time, the Doctor realizes that House eats TARDISes like processed food. And uh, you can't eat a TARDIS unless you delete the Matrix first, which is why Idris um, was killed and the TARDIS's, TARDIS's soul was put into Idris's body. And... Uh, the Doctor was going to say that, but Idris beats him to it. or the, Sorry, the TARDIS beats him to it. And uh, he calls Amy and Rory as House eats the TARDIS. I've said TARDIS too many times, and it's really getting to my brain. Indeed. doesn't sound like a word anymore. And um, the interior goes dark, and the TARDIS vanishes away because House has got control of it. And Rory says that, well, they're in the TARDIS. We're safe. And House says, you know, you're half right. You're in the TARDIS. And House then begins to toy with them. because, And uh, he says, why don't I just kill you now? And mm-hmm. Auntie and Uncle, meanwhile, say to the Doctor and the TARDIS that they're just going to lie down. It's time for them to die because House has disappeared. That means their life essence is quickly fading away, which also means that the TARDIS's life essence is starting to fade away and that body's dying and breaking down. Uh, meanwhile, the Doctor also says that all the Time Lords are dead, so House needs to leave this universe to find more TARDISes in the Doctor's re- reality, but House isn't going to. And the only way the Doctor realizes that he can get to House and the TARDIS is going to the TARDIS junkyard. But before they can do that, he asks the TARDIS what she wants him to call her. <laughs> this, I like, uh, it's really weird to describe this episode without sounding like I'm writing a fan fiction because the name that she wants the doctor to call her is sexy. Cause that's the name that he does call her. Yeah. Yeah. So from now on, I refer to the TARDIS as sexy. All right. Um, And house discovers that he has loads of corridors and he wants an answer to that question earlier though. And Rory bluffs and says that killing them quickly wouldn't be fun. And he needs someone to make suffer and entertain. So he says to the house says to entertain him. So run. And as Amy and Rory run, we're back in the junkyard. And the doctor looks over the valley of the half eaten Tardises. And sexy says that it's all her sister's dead. And she's the only one left. Much like the doctor for now. And uh, the doctor says they're going to rebuild. The t- they're going to build a TARDIS, a, a new one. And there is a TARDIS console somewhere around here, which is the original TARDIS they had at uh, HM Foreman in the first ever episode of Doctor Who. Oh, is that right? Which I think is a, a cute little a cute little nod. Um, this was originally going to be slightly different because um, they didn't have the CGI budget where Idris uses her uh, sorry, Sexy uses her TARDIS powers to reverse the chameleon circuits of all the TARDISes, showing their true uh, interiors, but they couldn't afford that, and that's really sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we go back to Amy and Rory running down the corridors, and uh, House is already messing with them by making them think they're seeing holes in the floor that will lead them to falling very far and deep. 
Meanwhile, the Doctor and Sexy are arguing about the instructions of the pool to open, and he's pushed that for uh, 700 years. And in anger, the Doctor says uh, that Sexy never took him where he wanted to go, but she says that she always took him where he needed to go. Okay. And uh, this is when he starts to get excited because he wishes they could always talk like this. And right as they have a little reconciliation, time to realize that they're with each other, Sexy falls over because one of her kidneys have already started to fail. And she says she has 18 minutes left to live and three hours until the universe they're in collapses. I didn't check to see if there was 18 I minutes left. It is. Yeah. It, it feels very Doctor Who and very Neil Gaiman. Those things tend to pop up when it's about that yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Rory, there's a lot of meanwhiles. Meanwhile, Rory and Amy, uh, while they're running, get separated. And thus the mind games begin. My favorite part of this episode, uh, Amy's, Amy and Rory's biggest fears combined where uh, she's lost Rory and she walks, uh, runs further down the corridor and here's Rory uh, waiting for her. And he says that she's, uh, he's been waiting hours for her and they begin to run again, but they get separated again. And we go back to Sexy asking the Doctor if he wonders why she chose him because she wanted to travel the universe and he was the only one that was mad enough to do it. And um, then we have the the makeshift TARDIS still not having enough power to get there to work. And the Doctor says there's nothing he can do. But Sexy says she's got him and she uses some of her TARDIS magic powers to get it working and give birth to a new TARDIS console and they start to fly away. This required a lot of the two of them to act. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really like this dialogue between them because it's, especially with, with uh, the woman portraying the TARDIS, uh, Saran Jones, I think her name is. It and is. the, the ability to make it seem one believable that she is this, machine mm -hmm. that we've seen on tv for nearly 50 years at this point that's in a blue box and just goes and giving it a, 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 a I, I it's just it's great now from that really nice moving scene to um we're going to change the pace and welcome a horror movie yeah because amy's found rory again but it's been a long long time for him and he's frail and old and bearded and he's angry saying, how could you leave me? I waited 2000 years for you and you've done it to me again. And he screams and lashes out at her and he says that they hurt him every night over and over and over. How could you leave me? And uh, he chases after her, but she goes through another door and disappears. And then Amy turns around and sees her worst nightmare scrawled all along the walls as die Amy, hate Amy, kill Amy with Rory's decayed corpse just lying around it, still with his little puffer jacket on. <laughs> and Amy breaks down crying uh, over the greatest fear happening again of losing, because that's, the Ponds have a very bad track record of staying together um, at this point. One of them getting kidnapped or disappearing or having to wait loads and loads of years. Yep. Uh, but real Rory comes to the rescue. They embrace, they run together. And um, as the Doctor and Sexy travel through some kind of space-time continuum, Sexy transmits a message 
to the pretty one, which turns out to be Rory. <laughs> that was a funny And it's a, it's a telepathic message to show him the map to find the old control room. And Sexy tells uh, the Doctor she's archiving the control rooms from the past and the future. And the Doctor even says, well, how can you have the, the ones in the future? They don't exist yet. And I, I just think that's nice because obviously we're going to get loads of control rooms later on. Um, but my favorite part is obviously the Doctor can kind of see Rory as he's climbing up. And um, he just goes, the pretty one. No, that's Rory. <laughs> and... Um, as Amy and Rory go further into the heart of the TARDIS, Amy's sense of vision's been cut off by the house and she can't see. So Rory tells her to stay put because he's an idiot and he gets attacked and passes out. Amy wants to know if he's okay and his voice says he's fine to just come towards him. Amy moves forward, passes Rory's body uh, and touches the squishy little ood tentacles. Yeah. Rory wakes up immediately and just grabs her and, and they run away. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. Yep, yeah, that's that's what happened. I, I don't. Know. I, I, I. They need something for Rory and um, Amy to do. This was something. It's thirty seconds of filler, I think, to explain why nephew's there. Yep. But even then, I don't think nephew needs to be there. Nope. Um, but uh, the Doctor and Sexy celebrate their ability to travel through time and calls her sexy because she's so sexy to him. And uh, Rory, when Rory arrives, Sexy sends the password, which is Crimson Eleven Delight Petricor. And uh, it's the meaning because it's telepathic. So Amy has to visualize it in her mind as nephew slowly approaches them. And um, we get the callback to what Petricor really was and what it means. And the door opens and we get greeted to David Tennant and Christopher Eccleston's TARDIS console room. Yeah, I didn't pick up on the significance of this. I think I thought it looks familiar, but I don't think I really got this. Yeah, but no, I the thing that I found funny, I was when I was looking into this, people, um, they showed a trailer for like the series at the beginning. And it showed Amy and Rory in the Tardis, in Ten's Tardis control room, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, that means David Tennant's going to be back, and we're going to get two Doctors." Oh. And then this happened instead. Um, but Rory's able to get the shields down through the Tardis console, so the Doctor and Sexy can get in. House orders nephew to kill Amy and Rory. As Rory gets another message telling them to get out of the way, and the two hold on as the Doctor and Sexy arrive into the TARDIS room and atomize poor little nephew. And um, the Doctor sort of looks around and realizes where nephew is and says that uh, it's another Ood he failed to save, which I, it's a sad line, but I appreciate with his history so far. Sure. And uh, the Doctor then introduces Sexy to the rest of Team TARDIS which is uh, through just, she's a woman and she's the TARDIS, mm -hmm. but she's a woman. And um, this is when we get the, did you wish really hard to which she introduces herself as sexy and the doctor's very obviously embarrassed. And I love that. And um, <clears throat> House wonders how he's going to kill them, maybe mess with the gravity and brings them to the floor or remove the air from the room. And the doctor instead says that he can help House and get him to his universe so he can feast. And Rory says that Sexy's starting to burn up and she says she loved it when the Doctor used to call her old girl. 
And the doctor tells House to activate subroot Sigma 9. And uh, House realizes that, you know, he can also delete rooms now, including the one they're in. And so doing so, the TARDIS with House enters the Doctor's reality, and we think all is lost for a second, but the Doctor and Co. are sent to the main control room because whenever a room's deleted, they just get... Beep, 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 yeah. beep. It's the Doctor's big speech of the episode. Yeah! Because House can says he can kill him wherever. He's killed hundreds of Time Lords, and the Doctor says, fear me, I've killed all of them. That's such a trailer line, it but it's is. sick. It's also the idea that this is one of those episodes where the doctor has to explain, because everything's invisible. They're just talking yeah. to the set, but <laughs> they have to explain what's occurring. And now, because of course, by deleting the room, there's a sub protocol that establishes <laughs> they have to go back to the main <laughs> control room. And now you could have had her, but now that she's dead, she's back home. <laughs> And, and 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 then we just get, I guess, Michael, don't call him Martin Sheen, uh, acting like he's being hurt. Yeah, we just got some. I hope he appreciated his paycheck. This is before um, Michael Sheen was really Michael Sheen. Yeah, like he, the only thing he'd done really at this point that was. I don't know. I'm probably going to have someone say that I'm completely wrong here. But, you know, you got your Twilights, then, you know, Good Omens is years like, like 2017 yeah. but I mean, you should have seen my face when i realized michael sheen was in twilight i think i went back and saw like <laughs> I destroy a, a shot from it and i went shut up <laughs> no this, this, guy is who, another... this guy who i regard so highly is in is in twilight i say this time about robert pattinson now um uh. He was but, young and stupid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe Michael, Sheen, Michael Sheen. Maybe he's thinking there's a million chance to really make it big. Maybe this is it. <laughs> this, I'm giving Michael Sheen an award here, which is, I'm calling it the Olivia Coleman Award, which is, you're so underutilized for the kind oh, of actor you are. I'm going to say House is a, is a, is a great um, single episode villain. Uh, Olivia Coleman, again, was just the third manifestation of a substandard villain. I just, th I think it's because it's Michael Sheen and I want to see him act and yeah. perform alongside it because it's the that's voice. That's true. That's true. Yeah. But I guess that's the good thing because he's a voice. He can come back and no one will tell the difference. There you go. Uh, but uh, it's because the, the Dr. Fake congratulates them and that's then when, you know, sexy dies <laughs> and her, her, her spirit goes back oh, into yes, the let's TARDIS. Let's, let's all applaud him. Well done. Well, well done. done. You've done <laughs> such a good job. A worthy adversary. <laughs> And um, the this is then when, you know, House gets eaten up and uh, Sexy fights the house. Her bigger on the inside is so much bigger than House and gets rid of him. And uh, she calls for the doctor and asks if he's there. And she says that it, it's getting dark and the doctor's oh. there. And she tells him about the big complicated word that's so sad that she couldn't find. And it, it's alive. She's alive. And the doctor says, you know, sad isn't alive, but she says it is when it's over. And she says she'll always be here, but this uh, was when they talk. This She'll remember this is yeah. when they'll talk. And uh, one thing she didn't get to say to him originally was goodbye. And the doctor, it's so nice to meet him. And the doctor pleads with her that he doesn't want her to go, but she has to, and then just materializes back to the TARDIS. Mm -hmm. And the doctor's tearful and, goes back to the console and they just fly away and 
later he's sort of fixing her so no one can do that to the TARDIS once again and um, Amy asks you know if he's trying to get her to, to work and talk but he says he can't do it and it's it's spacey wacy as he has a little temper tantrum and Rory says that the last thing that uh, Sexy told him which was the only water in the forest is the river which we'll find out later in an episode the series would say uh translate to melody pond yeah. because they they can't uh the the girl's language doesn't have river melody pond in it so it just says pond, river yeah. song and said yeah and um rory says that watching her die is getting to her but the doctor says it's called being alive and uh amy says that it'll always be the boy in his box and we we find out that the doctor doesn't understand um, relationships anymore in in a PG way because he's given Amy and Rory bunk beds, and um, he'll he'll change that. And Rory asks if the doctor has a room, and of of course he doesn't, but also does. But it's the the console room, and yeah. as Amy and Rory go off, uh, he just ponders with the console and asks her if she's there, if she can hear him, and. He just dismisses it, thinking he's being silly old doctor. But she does and moves a lever herself. And to travel as the doctor celebrates in joy that, you know, his beloved sexy is still with them and they travel off. And that's that's the episode. Mm-hmm. A, a nice single episode. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to hand to you now sort of uh, our, our regular things. What, what, what are your overall thoughts? What did you think? Uh, it's one of those ones where it, it's not a monster of the week episode. I mean, although there's a monster of the week hmm. in house, it's it's a really interesting idea. What if, what if yeah. you could talk to the TARDIS? What if you could personify her and then personify her as this Helena Bottom Carter clone? Is it just a fantastic call? Um, it gave us something new and it was the idea i mean uh, i mean the bigger on the inside line just floored me the first it's time great. i heard it i'm it like complex. that is so clever yeah because of course the human existence would be sort of seen that way the infinite resources of the mind must seem massive uh so just this really noteworthy wow episode that just exists in and of itself and doesn't have any sort of bigger play because sometimes you need in the course of a series to have a standalone episode so that not everything is serialized. People can catch up. So all those things can occur. And this was uh, a fantastic, fantastic version thereof. Much better than The Lodger. Yeah, I, I, this is the thing. Like so far in this series, you've had the Impossible Astronaut and Day of the Moon, the ones with the silence, and we get we get our heavy series plot of, oh, who wants to kill the Doctor? How are we going to stop the Doctor? Who's this mysterious girl who regenerated? And then we get a pirate episode with Hugh Bonneville that's awful. <laughs> but then we get this, and it's so well done as a standalone because yep. you get you get the little hints to the the bigger picture within the series, but it doesn't affect this at all. And you could you could watch this, not know about what's going on, and it it just does it and handles the mythology in a way that isn't really done anymore. And I really do like because we we don't. We never cover the TARDIS that much um, in story. Like even now, there's a couple plots about, 
oh no, the TARDIS has gone weird, but it's not, you know, how does the TARDIS feel? Yep. And and I like this sort of psychology behind it. So what's your favorite part of this episode? Oh, it's probably any time the TARDIS was trying to articulate the human experience. Hmm. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. Also, I mean, the conscious decision to make this um, HBC clone. I want to make sure I use her name, actually. I feel like it's disrespectful at this point. Saran Jones, is that it? Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Saran Jones. Um, obviously was uh, uh, probably instructed, I imagine, to play the part very similar to, like, do your best Matt Smith impression. Yeah. And so I enjoyed that. And that's not easy to come in yeah. and trade barbs with the guy who's been doing, uh, you know, maybe he was a great help. Maybe he wasn't. Don't know. I could. I don't see any reason why he trained Tank and someone else's <laughs> performance. But no, the, the chemistry these two had, I, that's why I'm always floored by some of these one episode mm. companions is just going, how did you make me care this much in 40, like 45 minutes? Sensational. Yeah. Especially with how, like, if you've been following this since the '60s, and you just want your knowledge of Doctor Who, this is, this is one of those like this is your no way home thing of this is building to something incredible of you'd never think you'd see it, and you don't know how you'd want to see it, and the fact that you know for 900, 1100 years at this point, uh, the Doctor and the TARDIS have been together and inseparable. And getting 45 minutes out of 1,100 years to just verbalize very articulately, very well done and well performed. It's it's fantastic. I was going to say that is my favorite. I just I just just surround Jones in general mm -hmm. because the um, ironically the humanity of the TARDIS is so well portrayed just through her her expression, her performance, and just the way she interacts with the rest of the cast, it's so believable, especially with something that is essentially like, you know, massive, oh, massive room. He's so proud and showing off. Yeah. Like, basically, it's like it's like he's, he's getting his mates to meet his new girlfriend. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's adorable for those like eight minutes when he yeah. actually gets a girl. Oh, that's a shame. It's so sweet. And it, it makes the ending so tragic, but also beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tragic, but it's beautiful. Yeah. You're not wrong. See, seeing a, a lever like just yeah. flip over, my heart like beats because I just go, no, this is still here. This is her. And I, I visualize that as her. Yep. I think it's uh, spectacular. On the other hand, what was what, what was your little, little grumble? Oh, I had some of the Rory and um, Amy stuff on. Yeah. The TARDIS. I mean, it was trying to find stuff for them to do, both on yeah. the planet and then in the TARDIS. And I, I know what they have to be there, so you can have, you can have um, the sexy. <laughs> I'll play along. So you have yeah. sexy and the Doctor like being back aboard. You need them there for that to happen. I, I guess uh, I would have liked to have seen a version where maybe they're not necessary, but I guess you need to see House being a jerk yeah. yeah the thing i find interesting is obviously this was going to be um series five and rory wasn't going to be in the picture so i kind i want to i'd love to see where amy falls in that well, in that original story well you can have amy and it could just be the doctor who yeah. she sees in various versions thereof 
actually that would make sense for the you know um waiting yeah or whatever yeah but no i i i do agree with that this this has seeds of an episode that i'm not a fan of uh later on like the next series which is uh if you remember journey to the center of the tardis Mm, no not it's it's the one where it's the doctor and clara and they crack they somehow crash the tardis which means it's leaking and breaking and uh the the tardis has like an hour or something to to fix itself and there's a time rupture within it and we just see all these different things and creature it's it's very oh i think i'm being edgy and clever and it this those scenes with the die amy and the as much as i think i like them they don't work for the tone but no um i i'd go with that as well i think it's it's the inclusion of nephew later on i don't i don't feel nephew nephew is a threat per se is that like um no, if i, I compare if i compare the ud to like planet of the ud or uh the satan pit where i i really feel they have this presence mm-hmm. nephew's just there and I don't think since that I've not seen an Ood um, since. Okay. Yeah. Which is a shame. Uh, but no, I think that's it. My 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 love of Ood's has has really upset me here. Uh, so that leads to to ratings. Our, our Doctor Who ratings. Mm. This is tricky because I yeah. I watched this two weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't rewatch it, so I'm trying to go where I was at the end of it. I was really, I was really big on it. I was yeah. really big on it. So I'm gonna err on the side of probably my emotion because I think it's an emotional episode, yeah. And I think distance weakens that. So I'm gonna go back to what I assume where I was, and I think I was. Yeah. I'm gonna go nine. I think it's a really strong mm. standalone episode, bordering on being one of the very best. Yeah. Um, it's a shame. Yeah, I don't know what I would, if I just finished watching it, would I have gone to that more elite place? I don't know. I don't know. But I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll throw a nine on it and say it belongs on that short list of the great yeah. single episodes. I think when you when you're handling such an iconic piece of of science fiction and um something that people love, like the TARDIS. Um, you you have to do it so carefully and so respectfully, and I think it handles that in a way that I didn't really perceive the TARDIS until now. Mm-hmm. And like growing up and and sort of seeing more extended media and reading some of watching some of the old stuff, I get to you you really sort of learn the TARDIS character and what it's like. And even I think when I did Time Fracture, they talk about how. The TARDISes can can breathe and feel, and the TARDIS told me to do this. And getting to see this personified here for a general audience, I really appreciate. And it's not done in a weird way, um, and makes me really love the character of a of, of of the blue box even more, even though it never has lines. Um, and for that, and the emotional gut punch I get throughout this, I'm going nine and a half, even with my little my little ood issues and the but it it. This is a this is a Neil Gaiman thing through and through. Like he he knows how to do character and emotion, even if he just sort of forgets about the secondaries. The the primaries are so so well done. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I, 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 it's, it's, I mean, interesting what what if it was Tennant, what was is this a Martha Jones yeah. episode? Who is this in, in, in the head? Who yeah. who who was the uh, who is the uh, companion was it Catherine Tate? I don't know. 
I don't because this could have been because there was that period of time where they thought they might have had Tenant for Series Five. So I don't know if he had that in mind that it was basically essentially all the same, just Tenant instead of Smith. So we still get Amy, but Amy with Tenant, really? That was that was the original plan. I remember Ooh. saying in Eleventh um, Hour that the Tenant, the Doctor that you see at the beginning when he crashes through, regenerates into Smith. But then throughout the series, it's a different Doctor. It's an earlier Doctor with Amy, so Amy knows who the Doctor is, but it's like a reverse river. It's like another river song in a sense. Oh, okay. When he first sees Amy, Amy knows all about him, but he doesn't know about him, uh, like okay. that kind of thing. But I think because of that, it gets boring and overplayed. So yeah, I, yeah. I prefer we've gone. But that leads to our um our next episode that will be airing next week to catch up for the episode after. And this episode, we had not, we had a little bit of an Amy Rory dynamic about who they are uh, and their their love for each other. So, why don't we have an episode about Amy and Rory where we we see what happens when the other person dies? The last time we saw these creatures was series three, and we liked them a lot. We're saying goodbye to the ponds next episode as we as we cover. The wow. angels and take, take Manhattan. Manhattan. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. I've got a lot to say about this. I got a lot to say about this. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think this is one of the this is one of the ones that I think goes into the Doctor's psyche, and uh, and another river episode. I think. And uh, yep. We 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 haven't done. I think out of all all that we've done, we've had one or two companion goodbyes so we get this will be our third companion goodbye and i'm i'm looking forward to to covering it who have we said goodbye to say goodbye to rose about 15 times yeah we've said goodbye to rose and we've said goodbye to donna oh yeah i suppose we did. Like yeah. twice yeah and will forget if you want to include like the super cut of tenant saying goodbye to everyone sure but no, 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 no. I'll, I'll say we'll say three then all right Donald, no will um and rose for, for you know, i'll spoil anything for my these were my first companions so them Ooh. leaving was my first experience of this so oh this will be an interesting yeah, i got a lot to say about this episode wow cool i'm looking forward to that right. so Thank you so much for watching. If you uh, haven't caught up on what we've done so far, so far this week, we have done our best film ever episode on Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. I nearly said The Departed, but The Departed is next week. Yeah. So make sure that you stay tuned for that one. We'll have released just yesterday our fun-sized film episode uh, on uh, Designated Writer, including an interview with with the filmmakers, Ilana, Jordan, and... uh, Oh, oh, Jamie Lynn Beatty. So that'll be yeah, great. Yeah. Very, very excited to hear this one because I, I used to watch um, I used to watch the Star Kid stuff. So Jamie Lynn Beatty was like someone I used to watch growing up. That's yeah, I had cool. no idea. Yeah. I had no idea who I was talking to. Georgia could have smartened <laughs> me up. Didn't. Which is great because I, I just I just judged the film on its own accord. But yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it was great afterwards to kind of go, oh, really? That was, uh, I didn't know it was, yeah. you know, the ghost. I'm the ghost of Christmas past or whatever it was. Oh, <laughs> If I'd known, I would have definitely told her how much I enjoyed that. 
Yeah, also, it's like the Sean Passard thing all again. Yeah, it, uh, it is. Yeah. We, we've also had a uh, see it or skip it on The Batman. Uh, we, we, just Batman, yeah. The, the Batman. Batman. We did a watch along on Batman and Robin. Grab your <laughs> DVD and fire that one up. A lot of Batman this week. A lot of Batman uh, and our real roundtable this month. It's yeah. not too late. Get your top five ranked picks in at Best Film for Pod on the Twitter. Uh, we want to know what your top five Batman films are. Make sure yeah. you include the hashtag BFE Top Five if you want to be included. If you want to have 10, you can join our Patreon. That it will be B, uh, uh, Patreon slash BFE. Dude, you're, you're, you're mangling this. Ba- Patreon.com slash oh, BFE. Yeah. Patreon.com slash BFE. Ironically, my catch, yeah, the, the, the branding for that is we kept it simple <laughs> for you. Uh, yeah, and you can then join uh, not just the the uh, rankings for Real Roundtap, but you can also then have your say for our fifth chair as well for ratings on films. Yeah, the fifth chair challenge. There we are. What would you yeah. give it for a ranking? And then finally, it ties in really nicely. Yeah. The very top tier allows you, our BFF of the BFE, allows you the opportunity to come on and pick a film for us to review and join us for the end game. And that is happening this yeah. week. Uh, on Tuesday, we will release The Departed with the Departed. Uh, BFF of the BFE, Hermes. Hermes, looking very Ooh. forward to that. We're going to record yeah. that one. On a, by the time this airs, we'll have recorded it. Yeah. Crazy. Whoa, yep. time travel. Time travel. And as well, the, the the final thing, if you like what we do, our second birthday is coming up oh, wow, uh, yeah. after episode of The Departed, uh, we, the week after. We've, so it, we've done yeah. what a lot of people did with lockdown. We were just delaying yeah. our birthday ever so slightly. <laughs> One week. One week. So Liam can join us and we will yeah. be doing Back to the Future Part 3. And if you would like to send us a birthday message, please do. At, I can't remember the Gmail account. Best please. film ever pod at gmail.com. That's best film ever pod at gmail.com. Fantastic. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, it is at BFE, uh, best film ever pod on Twitter. Is it the same for it's Facebook? The same, it is the yeah. same for all platforms. Best film oh, ever it. pod. <laughs> uh, um, and then... Make sure to catch us next week for our episode of The Angels Take Manhattan. I've been Ethan. And I've been Ian, and I'm not blinking. <laughs> and even though we've done this episode a couple times, we've done this show so many times, I still find it difficult to say that complex, sad, but also happy word. Goodbye. Don't you dare call me sexy. <laughs> <laughs>